You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Thursday, everybody. Your host, Jeff Lloyd. Uh, sorry about yesterday, uh, getting the third episode of the week out here uh, here in New Jersey. We're going through a crazy, crazy heat wave. Lots of brownouts yesterday. Um, thunderstorms uh, just made it really difficult to get an episode recorded. We'll still get you your five episodes this week, uh, just a little bit later due to uh, you know Mother Nature rearing her ugly head. Uh, we have real sports back. Uh, NBA started to kick off yesterday. We're gonna get our first taste of Major League Baseball today. Um, obviously not full normal normalcy, but we are slowly integrating back into what will be sports normalcy. Fingers crossed that this can obviously continue here um, and hopefully allow for us all to you know get to enjoy uh, football come September uh, as you know we start to strive for the 2020. NFL regular season. We're going to get to the offensive side of the ball today. I'm going to go through each positional group with my thoughts on the potential of each group and the pitfalls, potentially, of each group. Um, obviously, the big news here yesterday, um, the NFL and you know, coming from their PR department, I guess maybe wishful thinking on their part <laughs> thus far that uh, fans in attendance will be obviously required to wear face masks. Look, it is a long way away from what is the scheduled week one of the NFL season. New York, New Jersey for the Giants and the Jets have already announced that there will not be fans in attendance. I don't see the potential of starting the NFL season with fans in attendance. Um, So again, wishful thinking on their part. I do not believe there will be people in the stands. Um, At least we'll get football. You won't be in the building, most likely sitting on your couch watching. Um, but if by some chance, you know, things get clear up amazingly quickly, um, fans will be required to wear face masks to NFL venues this year. Like I said, we're going to discuss the positional groups here. Uh, we'll break it down quarterback through offensive line here, the potential of each group and pitfalls, pitfalls potentially of each offensive group. Start with quarterback position here, like I said. You look at what's been done to stabilize Baker Mayfield here in year three. Fantastic rookie year. Um, Difficult year, year two, due to coaching, scheme, uh, injuries, Baker's own uh, misgressions, uh, obviously offensive line issues. First off, you look at what the skill talent that's been assembled. It is going to be now year two with Odell Beckham. Uh, Baker has played his entire NFL career with Jarvis Landry. Rashard Higgins sticking around with the Cleveland Browns. The tight end position, the major addition of the top free agent tight end in Austin Hooper. 70 receptions over the last couple of years. A kicking on over, obviously, David Njoku here in what will be year four. You know, striving to get back to what was year two for David Njoku. Trying to satisfy David Njoku that his best shot at a long-term deal in the NFL to satisfy his agent so he can get paid. Uh, David Njoku, the Browns have already, again, have rewarded him handsomely by giving him $6 million for the 2021 season. Hopefully, David, we see the player that we saw in 2018, other tight ends at the group. You go to the running back position. You're going to get a full year of Kareem Hunt compared with Nick Chubb. Uh, You know, the fullback added to the addition. All this stuff we'll get to when we get to, you know, running backs individually. The offensive line. This was a team that had 
terrible, terrible offensive tackle play in 2019. There was no doubt about it. There was no question about it. You needed to upgrade at both tackle positions. Jack Conklin signed through free agency the drafting of Jedrick Wills. So the offensive line solidified the two major holes on that group. We'll see what that does. What are you looking for for Baker specifically? This wide zone scheme on offense, which features a ton of play action, some you know quarterback on the move, all things that have fit Baker, all things that Baker should be comfortable with, has been comfortable with in the past. For this to succeed, you need Baker, and this is probably the one that will lead to the potential of this group or the pitfall of this group. Pitfall of this group. Baker's three years at, uh, down in Norman, Oklahoma. Averaged seven interceptions per season. Obviously, Baker's numbers while at Oklahoma through the roof. The production, the passing yards, the touchdowns. All that aided by the fact that he did not turn over the ball very much. To this point in the NFL, 35 interceptions through his first two years. 17 and a half interceptions per season. That number needs to come drastically down to a more workable number. I believe it was Dan Orlowski from ESPN who you know, basically put a wager on that you know, Baker will be at 10 or lower. While that is, would be fantastic, the question is whether or not that is attainable. You want to get this number regardless to a more workable number. If it's not 10, maybe 12. You just need to get this number down. You have to stop giving opportunities for the others, uh, other team's offense to succeed. Is Baker capable of cutting this number down? Yes. Um, in a lot more passing attempts at Oklahoma, that number was a lot more workable at seven interceptions per season. Uh, the offense should aid him with this, with the rolling out, where he's going to get a lot of high lows. You know, one defender with a player on a you know, 12 to 15 yard route, another player under the defender with a five yard route. So, you know, working that and just taking the open man, getting back to what we saw in 2018, where I don't care what your number is. I don't care who you are. If you were the open man, I'm throwing you the ball. And with what's been assembled at the skill position, Baker should be able to get back to that. So again, getting this down from 17 and a half, getting it under 10, sure, that would be the absolute dream. But getting this at a more workable number, 10, 11, 12 interceptions total for the season will aid him, will aid the offense, and obviously will aid this young defense that's you know going to need some time to gel in the early weeks. Looking at the quarterback position, Case Keenum, I don't believe Case Keenum is any type of threat to Baker's playing time, but God forbid something happened to Baker Mayfield. You just don't have a player in Case Keenum who knows the system. You have a player in Case Keenum who played well in the system, played well to the NFC Championship level within this system. So the potential for success with this quarterback unit is there. It's there to be really, really good. Top 10 in the league good. The pairing of the player, the pairing of the scheme mixed in with the skill, talent, and the fixing of these offensive tackle positions. This quarterback group with Baker Mayfield and all that he has here. And there's the opportunity here for a big, big rebound. And not only to be better, not only to be as good as his rookie year, to be better than his rookie year. We're going to get to the running back position. We're going to get to the wide receiver position. The big guys at tight end and offensive line here in a bit on Locked On Browns. I'm your host, Jeff Lloyd. If you are not subscribed on Spotify, on iTunes, 
smash that button now. Also, now is a great time to leave a five-star review. Leave a fat written review for me, please, guys. I do appreciate that. We'll have more here in just a second. Now, we talk about the potential of this running back position. In the 2017 season, the NFL's leading rusher was one Kareem Hunt as he burst on the scene as a rookie, not only great running the ball, a very accomplished receiver. 2018, you know, Kareem Hunt was off to a fantastic start till off-field transgressions ended his 2018 season. Probably could have vied for the league rushing title in 2018. Another player that could have vied for the NFL rushing title in 2018 had Hugh Jackson and company started him earlier and realized his potential earlier. One Nick Chubb. Now you go to 2019. If it wasn't for a bizarre week 17 where Nick Chubb kind of got froze out, Derrick Henry put up a monster number as part of a monster second half. Nick Chubb could have been your 2019 NFL rushing leader. You go to from you know PFF. Only five running backs since 2017 have produced a score above 90 since 2017. Three, five running backs. Two of those running backs, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. The wide zone, Nick Chubb excels on this. We spoke on this Monday with my buddy Steve Morton. Nick is the perfect blend of size, speed, and agility. So you run this wide zone where if he can cut back, folks are going to get run over. If he gets the edge, he's got the speed. He's got the power. You cannot really arm tackle this player. This is a great, great fit for Nick Chubb, as we saw where his success really, really showed on the wide zone in 2019. Kareem Hunt, you have an established player, two-way player at the running back position. He has shown so well as a receiver in the league. You can run these, you know, Texas routes with him, you know, where, you know, you challenge on the vert, you know, once the defender gets to your outside shoulder, you plant that outside foot, school him, come in between the hash marks, right behind the D line. And then it's, you know, running back alone in the open field, you know, with, you know, ability to break tackles. And Kareem Hunt is all that in spades. Uh, the question is just going to be here, what, how much you want to do with them? There could be weeks where the Browns are totally comfortable running the football 40 times a game. If that's what the game dictates, if that's where the success is, Kevin Stefanski is a keep it simple, keep it simple, you know, keep it simple, stupid type of guy. Why go and put too much on tape that you don't have to if folks cannot stop your running game? And the potential is there for teams to not be able to handle this Browns running back to oh this year, especially with the additions made at the offensive line position. You've added a fullback here in Andy Janovich. Janovich is a is a solid blocker. He can do some things as far as a receiver here. So you're going to put him into this mix here. It's just going to allow for the diversif uh, you know, diversifying all the offensive looks you can do here with the amount of tight ends you want to play. You have the amount of wide receivers you want to play. Two great running backs. So Janovich coming in here, being able to do more than just block if called upon here, was a great addition. The Browns obviously felt really, really comfortable with giving a draft selection up to acquire Janovich from the Denver Broncos. If you're looking for a pitfall here, what you've got on paper to this point is really, really good. Question is, what do you do as a third running back? If, God forbid, Hunt or Chubb end up missing some time here, who is that guy? You know, What's on this roster? Who can it be? I think with what you're looking at here, 
and I'm not extremely confident in it. I think Dontrell Hilliard would be your third running back. Has played special teams here. Has contributed uh, in the return game here. Brings you an element in the passing game, Dontrell Hilliard. So unless something changes, unless somebody else is brought in here, I'm going to say your pitfall would be pitfall would be running back number three. We're not hugely confident in it because the drop-off from Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, is going to be that drastic to a Dontrell Hilliard if it ends up being Dontrell Hilliard as your third running back. So there is your pitfall potentially at the running back position. We go to the wide receiver position. You look at the potential of this. However you want to argue it, Odell, Jarvis, two of the top 10 receivers in the NFL, two of the top 12 wide receivers in the NFL, the potential there is great. Obviously, both players last year, over 1,000 yards while injured um, and while playing in that mass hysteria, confusion, delusion of what was the 2019 Cleveland Browns offense. Both now healthy, coming off of off-season surgery. Both the fluidity and how they play together, where Odell is capable of challenging you anywhere at any time, underneath, over the middle, vertically. And you know Jarvis's kind of old-school game where he is just such an efficient route runner, able to sink, sink hits, sink hips, shift weight, uh, get players off of him to create separation, even though he is not the gifted athlete that someone like Beckham is, or even the rookie Donovan Peoples-Jones. Jarvis wins with his mind, wins with technique, wins with execution and precision. Just expect more out of these guys as they play their second year together in the NFL after a great time together down in Baton Rouge, running mates at LSU. The question and the pitfalls come after pitfalls come after these two guys. Richard Higgins, obviously, looking to find his forever home in the NFL here on a one-year contract, 900 k plus, has had great success with Baker Mayfield. 2018, where it was it was just this unwritten language of one player understanding the other so well. Rashard knew where he needed to be. Baker always seemed to know where Rashard was going to be. And other than injuries, which limited, obviously, Rashard Higgins' statistical output in 2018, you saw the blossoming there of a really, really good rapport between a young quarterback and, at the time, a wide receiver who had not done much in the NFL. Only really glimpse we got of that in 2019 was essentially the first drive of the year against Tennessee and was the game-winning touchdown week 9, week 10, whatever it was, against the Buffalo Bills. Again, that unspeaking language of, I know exactly when you're, where you're going to be and when you're going to be there between Baker Mayfield and Rashard Higgins. The problem's going to be is, you know, with Rashard being here on a one-year deal, there are combatants for this role. You know, Damian Ratley, Cardero Hodge, each had a little bit of success as receivers in 2019. Each bring phenomenal special teams play here. Are they candidates for this role? You know, they, you know, obviously Damian, you know, has been here. This is his third season now. Knows Baker pretty well as well. Could there be a role for him, especially seeing as Hodge and Ratley bring the most size to the wide receiver position, to the wide receiver room? Then you get to sixth-round pick Donovan Peoples-Jones. Normally, I am not one that's going to hype up a sixth-round pick, and we're certainly not going to do that in 2020, the way these off the offseason has gone for all these young players. But you were talking about A-plus athlete. You were talking about an A-plus intelligent player, whatever the mess was at Michigan. How does he 
come back from that? How does you know the phoenix rise from the ashes, so to speak, for Donovan Peoples-Jones with the what will be the 2020 Cleveland Browns offense? Uh, you know, they had a lot of faith in him. The you know the talk was there, obviously, on day three that the Browns were extremely interested in this player out of Michigan. So now here he is with an opportunity. Is are you expecting contribution right away? Maybe not. But with any opportunity where Donovan Peoples-Jones is going to be on the field and he is your fifth option, however you want to work it, Odell, Jarvis, the way you work the tight ends, the way you work the running back, you know, alignments and formations and uh, personnel groupings. Whenever Donovan Peoples-Jones is on the field, he's going to be the fifth option as far as what a defense is looking to take away. A world-class athlete like Donovan Peoples-Jones should be able to excel in that. So you're, that's where your pitfall is, and it's... It, 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 I, I have confidence in it, but the question is, Is there's who is it going to be? Who's going to step up? If Rashard Higgins takes it right away, all the more better. Baker's got that relationship with him. If it's one of these other guys, you know, there is, you know, the relationship between whether Ratley or Hodge, but it's not obviously as big as it is with Higgins. Or if it's the rookie, you know, there's always going to be some rookie growing pains here. Who steps up when you get to that wide receiver three, four, five, how it works out, how much they can contribute is you know going to be interesting with the wide receiver position. Folks, we are almost to the 2020 NFL season. We are about to open training camp. MLB, NBA, do it smart, keep it safe, so us folks can get back to what we love, and that is professional sports here. But it's time to gear up. If you're gearing up, there's only one place I can recommend. Zabo Apparel, S-Z-A-B-O. Brian Zabo and his family do a fantastic job. They put out a quality product. I know I've got a ton of it. So it's not, you know, just hashtag stuff, rush to print because of a cool headline or a cool hashtag. It comes from a passionate family who love this franchise through good times and certainly, certainly through many, many bad times. Check out the store in Vermilion, Ohio, or go to ZaboApparel.com. Check them out. Twitter, Instagram, Zabo Apparel. Again, S-Z-A-B-O. We roll on over here now to the tight end position um, and the, the potential of this group. Austin Hooper went out, nabbed the top tight, end, top tight end on the free agent market over 70 receptions the last few seasons. Showed to be more than a willing and able blocker at the tight end position for what is going to be so crucial for Kevin Stefanski, who's had a lot of success with a two tight end setup in the past and would love to continue that here in Cleveland, certainly with the amount of moves that it made to address the position and what they have added to the position positional group at tight end. David Njoku. David Njoku, we need to see 2018 David Njoku. And with where David is at in his fourth year here, it's time for the blocking to come around. Look, I'm not asking for David Njoku to go out and be George Kittle or Rob Gronkowski at a blocking position. But when you're asking him to be your number two tight end and there is going to be some blocking assignments you want, it's time for this part of David's game to grow. And whatever his agent wants as far as a contract extension, you know, Drew Rosenhaus, first off, you know, but for David Njoku to get to that second contract, to get to a second, you know, a handsome amount of money here. It's time to show that you are more than just a great athlete who can contribute in the passing game like you did in 2018. There's, this is the time where you need to become a little bit more well-rounded. And, you know, when your number is called, 
You've got to be able to block a little bit. This gets to what is probably the pitfall of the, this position as well. Steven Carlson did a nice job at times last year. She was able to show a little bit in the receiving game. Uh, you know, Hunter Bryant, you know, drafted in the fourth round. Again, really hard to ask for any day three pick ever to can contribute right away, but especially with you know the way the 2020 offseason has gone here. So what happens if you cannot get the amount of blocking you need out of that number two tight end between these young guys of Najoku, Bryant, Carlson. Farrell Brown, still on this roster. Farrell Brown may be right neck and neck with Austin Hooper as far as being a blocker here. And if you want to run these sets and you want solid blocking out of that number two tight end, there's an opportunity here for Farrell Brown if these other guys can't get it done, even though they're better receivers, to make this work, you need the solid blocking from the tight end position. This could be something where Farrell Brown gets that opportunity and maybe holds off these younger guys and they just don't get the opportunity because blocking is going to be required of them a ton. That is the pitfall of this, is what can these this number two tight end position give you as far as blocking? There still is a ton of ton of potential as far as anybody else in the receiving game here if they're not able to get it from the number two tight end because of the fact that they don't get enough blocking from it maybe he can exit out add in the third wide receiver or find other ways to get the contributions in the receiving game maybe just not from the second tight end position it brings us to the offensive line now the offensive line uh 2019 i mean there's just no other way to describe the tackle play as terrible horrible putrid deplorable whatever you want to use. Greg Robinson, Chris Hubbard, just terrible, terrible years from the both of them. It's very, very difficult, and it's really, really hard to have to address both tackles in one offseason. Andrew Berry and his team and his camp, in credit, for the credit, got it done. You go out and you get the top right tackle available in the market in Jack Conklin. Uh, you know, some you know, some injury time in Tennessee. They never committed to a fifth year with him due to injury. Also due to the fact I already have Taylor Lewan on a major, major contract. There was no way you could afford to pay, you know, $35 million, whatever it is, to two offensive tackles. Uh, obviously replaced uh, Jack Conklin with their first round selection of Isaiah Wilson. The Browns get John, Jack Conklin in here, established that right tackle position in this wide zone scheme. You want athleticism in your tackle position. They were able to get that with Jack Conklin. You know uh, the injuries you know, seem to be subsided. He's only going to be 26 in August here. So as you get this young man, and just to say 26, look, that doesn't mean he's done. You know the technique can still continue to grow here with a coach, uh, with the offensive line coach here in Bill Callahan. Not to say he did not have a great offensive line coach in Alex Gibbs, but. At 26 years old, it doesn't mean Jack Conklin's done here. Always been thought of as a really, really good athletic offensive tackle. Now is the opportunity for him to improve in the other aspects of his game, technique-wise, pass blocking, etc., etc. You get to the left side here, number 10 selection overall, Jedrick Wills. Jedrick Wills is kind of the potential of this group and maybe also the pitfall of this group. Jedrick Wills switching over to the left side, never played it before. That's a question mark because I don't know what you would do if there were any struggles from Jedrick Wills. It's not like you have a better candidate at left tackle to put there. Do you move Conklin over after all the years years from playing the right side and now he's got to go with an adjustment? So as much as Jedrick Wills could be top half left tackle this year in the NFL, and that would be more, more than okay. You're going to have your questions and they are right. Look, if you cannot... 
say something is going to happen without any evidence to see it. He has not played on that side. Um, you know, the time is going to be limited in the reps he's going to get on that left side. So Jedrick Wills kind of leads to a potential and possibly a pitfall of this offensive line group. He gets to the rest of the group. J.C. Treader fits the wide zone scheme to the letter. Athletic. He's able to pull, which you don't get from every center in the NFL. Um, you know, not obviously, you know, the NFL Players Association president. Everything and and more as far as a player and as far as a man. But you get him in a you get him in a system where he's going to be really comfortable on the move and kicking guys outside, allowing for that cutback lane on the outside zone for Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. Just a perfect combination. Joel Batonio fits any system. Joel Batonio is just that type of guy. You get him in this position where he gets to just be comfortable now as the leader of this group and a more established, talented offensive line than Joel Batonio since the days of Joe Thomas has been around here. You know, former All-Pro, uh, you know, second, you know, he's probably in the second tier of the best left guards in the game. And he has just done nothing but command that offensive line room as the leader of it since uh, Joe Thomas has left. Wyatt Teller, if you wanted to say, is this a perfect fit between player and scheme? It's not. It's, you know, to be fair, it is just not. But Wyatt Teller is a beast. Um, and you go to, there's tape of last year of Wyatt Teller mauling guys like Geno Atkins at time that last eight games. He really, really progressed as a player, really got confident as he made the switch to right guard, been a left guard his entire career. He has competition if it doesn't work out here, but the fact that he's just a big old nasty cuss, I think they can live with the fact that one of the five of this offensive line group maybe isn't the best fit for this system. As long as you get your job done, as long as you're stoning people in front of you, as long as that run game, you are putting people on their backsides. So Wyatt Teller, this is a really, really, really good situation for him here in his second year with the Cleveland Browns. You know, Nick Harris, maybe if you needed him at right guard, Hubbard, possibly maybe at right guard. I'm still not sure what that fascination was with even keeping Chris Hubbard around. You got me on that one. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. And maybe the other potential pitfall would be the depth. You know, what happens at left tackle? Is it a Kendall Lamb? You know, where does Chris Hubbard fit into this? If he's got to go to right tackle, if Conklin goes to left tackle. So a lot of this, as far as, you know, the potential of this group or the pitfall of this group lies with the young Jedrick Wills. We've gotten the opportunity here today to talk about the offensive skill positions, uh, potential pitfalls of each group as we head into training camp. Uh, you know, the mention of masks for you know fans in attendance, <laughs> that'd be nice, but I don't believe, think anybody believes we are to the point now where we're going to have people, people sitting in any stadium, even if it's called First Energy. That's a whole other topic for a whole other day as well. Uh, so with that, you know, we're continuing to roll on through here with Locked On Browns. You know, training camp on the horizon, MLB, NBA, keep it safe, keep us going here so all of us football fans can get back to our normalcy come September. Make sure you follow the show, Locked On Browns, on Twitter. Uh, DMs are open. It's always a follow-back account. Input from you guys as far as what I can put into the show. We've done some great segments over the years just from listener input. Follow me as well, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Again, the DMs are open in there. Open there, same type of thing. Look, I mean, this show goes only as far 
as you listeners can carry it and can carry me. So if I get an opportunity to listen to your voice, which could lead to great segments, great talk here on Locked On Browns, I appreciate it. And I certainly take every opportunity I can to do it. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the yellow B. Let's go Browns.